Well, we want to thank all our sponsors of high school football on Round Guy Radio. And we got a brand new one, and it's Mike's Auto Sales in Muscatine. If you need a new car, talk to Mike. Uh, he's got some great deals over there. And we're really proud to have him on as a sponsor. We also uh, are very happy to have uh, Iowa Tire of Fairfield, Iowa, Kyoto Transmission and Repair, uh, Flint Cliffs Manufacturing of Burlington, Iowa, Wester Drug of Wilton and Muscatine, Jen Fagan, your neighbor's insurance agent. Home Plate Sports Cards of Oskaloosa, Hinshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, B&B Propane of Huffton, Iowa, for uh, R&B Brakes of uh, Dubuque, Iowa, for R&B Brakes Sports Cards, for the best sports cards, the newest, everything that's coming out. Check out R&B Brakes Sports Cards and tell them Round Guy Radio sent you there. Richardson's Tech Solutions of Richland, Iowa, Farmers Co-op and Vision Ag of Kyoto and all the surrounding areas, and the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa, soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa. Well, we got Scotty Melvin. It must be Power Five time. Welcome to the program, Scotty. Good evening. I'm finished stuffing my face, at least for now. Might take in some JV football here at Waco tonight. Uh, but, I, yeah, I got Power Five ready, and, Betty, it's shrinking. I bet it is. Um, it was a, a night of the long knives uh, last week because there's a lot of kind of really good teams playing some lower tier teams and uh, saw a lot of blowouts. Uh, um, there was a, a game or two here and there you could point to. It was pretty good. Uh, and I don't know that this week's going to be a lot different than that. But what were you able to decipher out of uh, last week that has – has there been a lot of movement in the in the top five? For me, uh, I wouldn't say a ton of movement other than some teams getting booted out, uh, a few teams sliding down just a tad, the ones that I still have in there. And criteria is starting to shift for me a little bit. Um, and I said before we started this one, I told you, hey, I want to do this Power 5 thing, that, that a lot of it's going to be a, you know, what have you done for me lately? In other words, what's going on this most recent week? With teams, but as the weeks start to pile up and and picture becomes a little bit more clear on, you know who's who's top dogs and who's, you know, maybe looking towards uh, next year <laughs> as far as a playoff run or whatever or a chance at it. Um, that's going to start to be a little bit more my criteria. Who's looking like they are primed for a run at a postseason and possibly a deep postseason run? And there are some teams that are looking like they are that team. And there's not many of them already halfway through the season here. We're not even necessarily halfway through. Well, we are. I mean, there's eight weeks generally. I mean, I know that the bigger schools have nine, but I mean, I was looking at the, you know, what's ahead and there's not much left on the schedule. There's, you know, we've already got through half of it. I'm about ready to cry. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's crazy because uh, last year we were treated to some district uh, races that, that didn't, really uh, flesh out until maybe like the last week or two and this season i feel like we've got somewhere unless some kind of miracle happens for some teams the the, the one and two spots may already be all but decided you know and, and here we are week four or actually into week five but uh yeah i mean it's uh it's it's just kind of sad how fast it goes yeah it's it's going pretty quick well uh Let's jump into it. What do we got? All right. I'll count from the bottom up. The bottom being five, not a bad spot to be in by any means. And I've got a tie there. And there, there's not going to be many of these going forward. 
but I'm going to uh, put Fort Madison and Pella Christian in the five spot. And I'll tell you, both these teams are impressive this year. Uh, they're both three and one, and they're one loss coming to number one teams in their respective uh, schedules there. Uh, Fort Madison really went toe-to-toe with Williamsburg for quite a while Friday night. I was impressed. I, I didn't really expect that. Um, I was hoping for it. But Williamsburg is so loaded, and they, they're so athletic. It's, it's not uh, a stretch to think they will overwhelm all but maybe one or two other teams in their class, uh, no matter how good they are. And Fort Madison, you know, when I finally got the, the game loaded up, it was 14-7 late in the first half. Uh, Williamsburg was able to get another score late. They started throwing the ball deep over the top, and, and it was just, you know, they've got too much speed. But uh, And they piled it on in the third quarter and, and kind of ran away with it. But Fort Madison gave him a, a heck of a shot. Um, Pelly Christian, I, I feel like, has had a nice bounce back from that drubbing they took at Grundy Center a couple weeks ago. So those are my number five teams. I think they're still worthy. Well, I can't argue with those teams. Number four. Uh, is another team that lost recently Friday night and uh, not a complete shocker. Um, Linville Sully, they were playing state ranked Madrid. Um, Madrid, I think, gave them their best game in the regular season uh, uh, last year. I think there's a little bit of a rivalry thing going there. Um, quarter down Harder's out. I know that Linville Sully is, you know, very, very deep beyond him, but he's a big piece of what they do, especially on offense. And, uh, you know, things have just kind of shifted there, and Madrid was able to pull out a, a nice victory fairly handily. But I think Linville Sully is still very much alive, uh, even without quarter down the stretch here. They've got a couple more tough games on the schedule. We'll see how they go. But uh, if they can survive and get to the playoffs and he can get healthy and get back on the field, this team still makes me think they've got another deep playoff run in them this season. Well, of course, they, they you know, when they get – quartered back, but I was a little shocked by the score. Um, I'm used to seeing Linville win, and um, I talked to their coach a little bit about that, but uh, uh, Madrid's been a, a, a force, a wrecking ball the last couple of years, haven't they? Yeah, and they've got a lot of tradition, so so there's no shock to me that they uh, would bounce back from uh, a game where Linville solely handled them pretty, pretty well last year, and uh, there's probably a little little uh, saltiness going on there on the tiger side of things. And, and you know what, uh, I heard you in one of your interviews with coach this morning, talking about timing in this sport. Yeah. And that certainly plays into this, you know, the timing of it. Uh, we're, we're at a point in the season where, you know, uh, some injuries, uh, attrition, maybe uh, catching some teams at a bad time. And Linville Sully being one of those with one of their key players out Madrid capitalizes. Um, that's the way it goes in football. You're right. All right, let's move up to number three. And I've got a couple of one-loss teams there, but teams that I think their one loss has come to uh, teams that, uh, you know, it doesn't bother me that they lost to them. Let's put it that way. And that's Waco, the Warriors, and the Sigourney Kyoto Cobras. I think these teams are still uh, very uh, legit state-ranked teams in their respective classes. I think they're both teams that could have a deep playoff run if things line up for them. And uh, I have a lot of faith in both of them to certainly make the playoffs and, and, and at least go a couple of rounds or whatever, uh, maybe more. <clears throat> so Waco and Sigourney Kyoto are my uh, tie at number three this week. And that's my last tie, buddy. It's uh, my power five that had stretched into 
double digits pretty much every week. We're down to seven now, and it may get uh, shorter than that in another week. Well, number two, there could be no other. They're still undefeated. They're still doing it impressively, at week in and week out, and that's the Wilton Beavers. Oh yeah, uh, that's they're, number two, are they? They're number two on my list. I noticed they were ranked, uh, I believe, seventh in Class One A in today's uh, Cedar Rapids Gazette poll. Um, which, for me, the, the body of work they've got to this point, that's a little low. Um, and I know the teams that are ranked ahead of them are very highly thought of and also have a great body of work and 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 certainly teams that will probably make very deep playoff runs in their own right. But uh, for me, the Wilton Beavers are kind of standard setters right now for small school football on the eastern side of the state. They're one of our round guy uh, radio family teams that we cover along with the Pella Christian aren't necessarily traditional Southeast Iowa, uh, you know, uh, covered, covered squads, but uh, they're in our family. And you know what? They're the only undefeated team in 11 man left standing right now. Uh, really? In our in all of 11 man? Or just yeah. 11 man 1A? 11 man in our coverage area. Oh, I don't yeah. let me that. No, there's, there's still some undefeated teams in 1A. Uh, but like we had talked about a week ago, that list shrinks weekly two A's down to just maybe a handful of teams across the entire state that are undefeated. So, uh, you know, this, there's some parity out there this year, and that's making things a lot more interesting and fun. Well, I, I got a trip up to Wilton Friday night, and I had a blast, and man, are they good and uh, fun to watch and explosive, and uh, uh, I'm just waiting a little bit to get them some little better competition. You know, yep. I, I know the Mid Prairie game at, at first, people didn't know what to think about that. But I think right now that's that's looming a little larger uh, than it had earlier because Mid Prairie seems to be really uh, uh, rocking and rolling right now. Yeah, I listened. To, did you listen to their game at all Friday night? I did not, but I knew that they had a pretty good win. I did listen to it, and they um, really stretched it out against a good West Burlington Notre Dame team, and they did it in a fashion that. Uh, it was pretty dominant there in the second half. Uh, they've got a, some players that are really uh, hitting high gear right now. Uh, Mid Prairie, I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. They remind me of last year's Sigourney Kyoto. It's, it's taken them their non-district part, portion of the season to get their footing, and they're rolling at the right time. And, again, I'll, I'll bring up the timing thing you were talking about. The time is now because we're getting a district play and they are finding their stride and they are scary. And I think they've got a good shot at winning that district. Uh, they, they could be a, another team here that started 0-3, ends up in the playoffs, makes maybe a, a two or three round run in the playoffs uh, when it's all said and done. Wouldn't shock me a bit. They, uh, they're, they're looking really good right now. So that, that doesn't hurt Wilton's um, strength of schedule by any means, even though, Right now, the Golden Hawks are one and three. Now, having said that, I will tell you, for my power five, they're knocking on the door. Let's see what they do in another week or two here. They might be finding themselves um, in the power five here pretty soon. Okay. And that brings me to number one, and this is you know, not going to shock anyone. Um, right now, this team is far and away the class of all classes in southeast Iowa, and that's the Winfield Mount Union Wolves. These guys are on a mission I listened to the game on the Wolves cast Saturday. It was complete demolition of a very good Montezuma team up at Montezuma. And they did it in every way possible with multiple contributors on both sides of the ball. This team is, uh, you know, they may not be the biggest squad as far as numbers 
an eight man, but they're, they're certainly set up better than they were a year ago, numbers wise. And the quality and caliber of players they have is second to none. I can't imagine. I know Gladbrook Rhinebeck's got the number one spot locked down week to week so far in the polls, but I cannot imagine that they are better than our Wolves. Uh, the Wolves are one of the most impressive high school football teams I've ever seen. And uh, I'm going to, uh, because of that, I'm going to go watch them again Friday because they're at home. It's a few minutes from where I live. And this is one of those teams, and they have a, a squad that, with talented players that I may not see again uh, for years. And I'm going to catch every opportunity I can this fall to see these guys play. Well, they're dynamite. Uh, Jake Edwards kind of um, ex excelled in this game, throwing some great passes. Um, the massive amount of total yards there. Uh, how, how important is Jake Edwards to what they're doing? And uh, uh, that quarterback chain seems to really have made the dip has really made them a, a state championship contender just in and of itself. Yeah, and, and you know, <laughs> Coach McCarty would probably laugh at me if he heard me say this, but, uh, you know, it's making them look more and more genius by the week um, because of what Cole Milks is doing uh, by not being locked down in a quarterback spot, which, which in some ways can limit a kid um, depending on the type of player he is. And Cole's dynamic enough. He needs to be contributing in other ways, and, and we're seeing that this season he is flourishing and then Jake Edwards with that point guard mindset and as the skill set that he has uh, as a football player is just the perfect spot for him and I don't know if you saw the highlights but some of the throws he made the other day off his back foot because listen let's not you know let's not uh discount the caliber of team Montezuma is they were put I agree I, I've seen him play and they're fantastic yeah. and they put tons of points on the board uh, they are the good season. Yeah, averaging uh, almost 60 a game on offense. Their defense looked pretty pretty good. Like I said, they were putting a lot of pressure on Jake. He was making the throws uh, some of the time off of his back foot, which is something you never want to see, but he was making the throws anyway. I just I can't say enough about the Wolves team. Um, something I, I got to talk to Carter Lloyd for a little bit the other night at Columbus because uh, the boys came over, some of them, to watch Columbus and root for them since they had that Saturday game the next day. And... Uh, you know, I told him that I felt like last year the Wolves had a great team and a great season, but they that timing thing, that a lot of breaks didn't go their way. That's just the way the season went. They just had some bad luck uh, on top of playing some really stellar teams throughout the year and, and having to do it shorthanded. This year, I said, the, the ebb and flow of this sport, you, you, got, you got all the boys together, everybody's healthy, you got more of you. I said the breaks are probably going to go your way that didn't go your way last year, and that just seems to be the way it's going. And all that stuff culminates into, uh, you know, what makes a, a season really special for a great team, possibly a championship season, and we don't want to put the cart in front of the horse. But, man, am I excited for these Wolves. Um, I can't wait to watch them again. I, I'm, I'm latched onto them the way I was latched onto Waco a year ago, you know. So mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to get back over to Winfield on Friday. Well, uh, the performance, the numbers they're putting up, the the yardage, the points, the the the, the defense that they put up this year in eight man football for real is a uh, it's pretty impressive. I, I'm I'm with you on that. I think they're they're the number one uh, a team that could go a little further. Um, there's a couple teams I wanted to ask you a little bit about. If you got a couple minutes, yeah, I got a couple minutes. Well, uh. uh Muscatine brought back uh, Bad Bad Ty Kozad, 
and and beat a ranked team uh, in Davenport or Dubuque Hempstead uh, last yeah. week. Uh, Dubuque Hempstead thought they were going to um, have a cakewalk over uh, Muscatine. They did enough, I think, uh, without him. Uh, what can they do with him? I'll tell you, I, I'm uh, always on the on the side of the fence, especially in football, that you can have one special player, a kid that's head and shoulders above everybody else, and you can ride him quite a ways. Um, you're probably not going to ride him to a ton of victories necessarily if you, if you don't have a lot around him. And I'm not sure about Muscatine. I've only seen him in the scrimmage, you know, and Ty's the only one that I know about on the team. And, of course, we do know what, what level of talent he is. But uh, I, I'm, I'm all in on Ty Kozad because I, I think he is so dynamic. He is such a game changer. And, obviously, Muscatine's got some kids around him that can perform because, you know, it's an 11-man sport. I mean, come on, you got to have – you do have to have more than, than one star player. But – uh, what they have done in his return over a ranked team on the on the what are they five A the five yeah they're five A I mean it's hard to say this team's going to go a long ways uh, no matter how good they are because it's five A it's it's just yeah you know it, it the path isn't like eight man football it's not and and definitely the uh, the level of of play here on the eastern side of the state five A versus the central part is is just a almost another planet but. On this side of the state, we still have some pretty darn good uh, ball in 5A. And I think that a healthy Ty Kozad is so good and such a force offensively, he gives Muscatine a shot to win any game they're in. Um, hopefully he stays healthy. And I know this this injury that he had to sit out for was really not a huge deal. A hamstring pull can nag at you, though. But he, he seems to uh, be well beyond it <laughs> at this point. And that's great news. And I hope it stays that way because they need him. Uh, the Muskies do to have a shot, and uh, maybe we'll see him in the playoffs, man. I I am uh, I am buying the Muscatine Muskies right now with a healthy Ty Kozad. All right. Well, where in relationship to the Power Five is the Columbus Wildcats? You know they are. Um, I, I just about put them in, but since they're at five hundred now, we'll give them another week, and I, and they're going to be back in. Let's face it; the toughest part of their schedule is over. Um, well, the toughest team they got left to play is Danville. I mean, let's just face it. They're going to wind up 6-2. and two. There's no question about it. I don't see any other path for them. Um, I mean, yeah. if, if half the kids miss the game, they're going to they're gonna clear this schedule. And I don't want to shortchange Pekin. Uh, if we were to talk about that game a little, I didn't know. Well, that, that was the one they needed to get by, and they, they were able to do that. Well, I, I want to stress to folks that I, after seeing Pekin in person, this team's for real, and, and I, I want uh, those kids and their fans and, and Coach Weber to know that they are on the right trajectory. That team is impressive. They are a breath away, as I said in a tweet, from greatness. I know their numbers are a little short. You know, if we, I got the, the program the other night when I walked in the gate, and, uh, you know, they, they, got, they got a small team as far as numbers, and if they can – build on that next season the talents there and it's young talent uh and it's great talent their size you know as big as as big as columbus is and everybody's talking about the size advantage they had over peak and i felt like vegan's got some linemen they've got some legitimate big boys big farm boys strong kids that performed well athletes um, all over the place so this was a huge win for columbus and a very much a statement win uh the way they did it and of course they, they took advantage of some turnovers early in the game Columbus is knocking on the door again. I'm going to give them another week probably 
because we'll see how some some games shake out. Like you said, there's not there's a lot of haves versus have nots again this week. Um, so I don't know if the Power Five is going to get shook up too much. Uh, we'll see how it all goes. But uh, Columbus has got to climb back in there pretty quick. Because let's face it, we know that at two and two, uh, the close loss to Lisbon, and then that week one game against Meepo where they just weren't in sync and kind of gassed early. You about throw those both out because um, they're they're, they're going to win out. I have no doubt, and they're going to end up in the playoffs. And I just hope that um, that they've got everything clicking the way they want by that time. And there's plenty of time to get it going. Well, while I got you here, tell me a little bit about uh, maybe some of the things you saw that you liked about Pekin. Well, Will Adam, let's start with the quarterback there. Will is, for me, the best pure quarterback I've seen so far this season. Had my eyes on okay he throws a pretty ball his his um his presence and, and i understand he threw some interceptions but gosh they were trying to come back man they were buried early due to some mistakes and field position and, and a very powerful uh columbus offense that capitalized on those uh, so will was forcing some things but man he throws a pretty ball his um technique his uh i don't know he he looks like a quarterback and he's a dual threat he can run you know and he got loose a few times he is brilliant out there, and he, I believe, is a junior, so there's uh, a lot of upside coming for him uh, going into a, another year for that program. And then you got downtown Robert Brown, and for me, he's kind of, uh, and I think I said this earlier too, he's like he's like uh, Pekin's answer to Cole Milks. He's a kid that can do a little bit of everything, a lot of everything. Um, he's just a pure athlete and uh, dangerous as can be. Uh, Tyson Kaleberg deed him up real well. He still, he still got some, some, uh, some touchdowns though. I mean, he finds a way to contribute, and uh, he was very impressive. Like I said, the line, good. Uh, not the size and strength maybe of, of Columbus, um, but I felt like they were, they passed my eye test. They're they're good sized boys, and they performed well. Um, I, I could see Pekin uh, going six and two too. Yeah, I, I could too, and I. And I, I think I, there's you know uh, there's the Lisbons and the Columbuses at the top yeah. of the mountain. Then there's Pekin, and then there's pretty much everybody else. Although Van Buren's uh, um, two and one in the conference. Danville. Um, Danville's yeah. uh, uh, making some moves and and some headway, but uh, Pekin's already got past them. So I I, I think yeah. the the you know the um, the Highlands and the uh, uh, the Muscatine, uh, uh, the Wise of Muscatine. Uh, I don't think they can handle Pekin. No, um, those two teams are still in a what seems to be. They remind me of my Arizona Cardinals, buddy. They're in a perpetual rebuild. It seems like just perpetual. Well, um, as far as Highland goes, um, they're they're low on numbers. I think they only got like yeah, nineteen yeah. kids or something. Uh, You're right. But they, they have put some points on the board and been in two real tough battles this year. So I think they're they're going to kick and scratch and claw their way into a win this year somewhere. I think so. I think uh, if you know when they match up against the Wise and Muscatine, as far as uh, what I've seen so far, I would I would be picking Highland. Now we're getting way ahead of ourselves on beat the round guy. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I, th I think they've got a really good quarterback. I forget his name right offhand, but. Uh, They've got some good players, but like you said, they are. They're very low on numbers, and that's the skinny on them. And it, that makes it tough, especially in 11-man. I mean, even 8-man, it can it can hurt you, as we saw with Winfield Mount Union last year. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're struggling. The Wise Muscatine's struggling. Danville is just, for my money, they're off and running. 
uh, peaking. And I got to relearn this every year. I don't know about you, but what what classes have a uh, an at, you know an at large couple of teams or whatever? Um, if that is a thing in Class A, I could see peaking maybe squeaking into the playoffs. Yeah, I think they might. Um, uh, they might make a pretty good case. Um, uh, uh, I don't think they can handle the Lisbons and the Columbuses, but I think they can handle everybody else in that. Is, I mean, I'm not saying that they, something couldn't bump them up, uh, uh, and one more loss would hurt them. But I think uh, 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 after Lisbon, uh, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna do just like Columbus and run the table, and uh, you know, some finish finish a pretty dang good year for a team, uh, uh, a coach in his third year that took over a, a pretty depleted program. Absolutely. And, and it's kind of what we've talked about many times on the podcast here. You know, you get a coach that's, uh, that's got uh, an ability to coach and build a program come into your school. You, you want to see that corner get turned about year three. And I mean, it's kind of been textbook for Pekin. Um, yeah, they run into a buzzsaw Friday night, but they were still very impressive. And I'll tell you the the buzz in the stands on, on Columbus side where I was sitting was about, you know, downtown Robert Brown. I mean, obviously the, <laughs> The Wildcat fans are rooting for their boys, and there were some a lot of wild moments for for Wildcat players. But uh, you know, you could hear you could hear them old fellows that I was sitting near. Man, that number five, <laughs> he's a player, and, and they are not wrong. That kid can play some football. Yeah, I was kind of you know, I mean, he had really put up some impressive numbers. He had three touchdowns last week, but uh, you know, I mean, you I mean, you could say he was playing against teams uh, other than Van Buren starting to to uh, put their season together pretty nicely. Yeah. Uh, and he got a bunch of uh, touchdowns against them, and but he hadn't really had faced a Columbus level team, uh, but he was still able to get in the end zone a couple times and make some big catches and 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 get around the outside on some plays. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm starting to think he's for real. Well, I have no doubt that he's for real. When you, yeah, you know, I know Columbus's losses knocked him out of the top ten, but I still think they're easily a top four or five team in Class A in this state. And uh, a kid like him or Will Adam and the younger Adam boy, uh, number 15, he is what a freshman. He was impressive. Um, you know, when those kids come into Columbus, face a caliber team that like Columbus and and perform the way they did and show out like that. You know, those those boys are for real. And if they can just get the other guys rallied around them and shore up some things, get some, some more guys out next fall. Um Beacon may be a player for a district championship in another season here. Well, that's for sure. Uh, um, and they're probably going to go to the playoffs this year. I'm, I'm thinking uh, that's my round guy prediction uh, for this, for Pekin. Uh, and and uh, I think there's some other teams. Uh, um, I'm just going to ask you one more thing about 3A, uh, uh, and I'll throw Burlington in that mix. Um, you know, one week Washington beats Burlington, and then Burlington beats Keokuk, and then Keokuk beats Fairfield after Fairfield beats Washington. And there's a lot of this win one, lose one things. Um, uh, I think that all those teams are good teams. Um, and I think that's why they can't stop beating each other up. Are uh, uh, any of those teams you think um, you got your eye on that maybe could straighten this thing out? You know, I think – out of our old Southeast, the old gang, like I like to call them, the Southeast Seven, as you refer to them, as they used to be back in the old days, uh, they traditionally, this is what they do. 
it's like a round robin of beatings all fall. You know, uh, you can't predict from one Friday to the next. You can think you know who's got the edge because this team beat that team last week and the week before this or that happened. And so this week, this is what's going to happen, and it, it'll set you on your ear, and the opposite will happen. I mean, they just they're they're just that evenly matched, and they just go at each other that hard, and it, that's what makes a, that uh, that three A level of Southeast Iowa football so fun to watch. And we're seeing it this year again. Um, and, and my problem is though. We got that Mount Vernon and we got that Davenport assumption in the district down here. And then Fairfield's got Solon, who is on a tear. They uh, beat down Mount Vernon the other night pretty bad. Um, and they got to face them in a Williamsburg. So our schools down here have a tough road to hoe in a small 3A class. I mean, it, I think you do have to be a top two team in your district to get in the playoffs. I don't believe there's an at-large in that class. And it's going to be real difficult. I think Fort Madison has the best shot. I think that Mount Vernon is vulnerable. They haven't looked that great. Um, and then it culminated in, a, like I said, a, a pretty good butt kicking by Solon, their rival on Highway 1 the other night. Um, I think Mount Vernon's possibly a team Fort Madison can get by after what I saw from them against Williamsburg Friday. So... They're, they're the one team, the Bloodhounds are the one team that I've, I've got my fingers crossed for that could make a run at uh, one of those top two spots. The other guys are beating on each other too much, and that's going to be too much for them to overcome with the fact they haven't all played the assumptions in the, the Mount Vernons or the Fort Madisons yet. You know, you got Washington, Keokuk, and yeah, like you said, Brewing, all these guys are beating on each other, and uh, it, while it's a lot of fun, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shorten our season is what it's going to do. All right. Well, we got a minute left. Anything else? I think that's it. Uh, Keokuk's knocking on the door, too. I'd like to mention their quarterback is uh, – I haven't got eyes on him yet, but he is putting up some eye-popping stats, running and throwing, um, and uh, they're for real. The Chiefs are for real. Yeah, I think they might – I mean, I think they have as good a shot as anybody else. You're right. Of, You're right. Of, you know, maybe they, if they could knock off a of Fort Madison and, and maybe get by Washington uh, – uh, we might be seeing something out of them. You could be spot on, buddy. I, I hate to predict this stuff. I tell you what. All right. Well, this has been the Power Five. Thanks for being with us, Scott. You got it. Well, we want to thank all our sponsors of high school football on Round Guy Radio. And we got a brand new one, and it's Mike's Auto Sales in Muscatine. You need a new car, talk to Mike. Uh, he's got some great deals over there. We're really proud to have him on as a sponsor. We also uh, are very happy to have uh, Iowa Tire of Fairfield, Iowa, Kyoto Transmission and Repair, uh, Flint Cliffs Manufacturing of Burlington, Iowa, Wester Drug of Wilton and Muscatine, Jen Fagan, your neighbor's insurance agent, Home Plate Sports Cards of Oskaloosa, Hinshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, B&B Propane of Hufton, Iowa, R&B Brakes of uh, Dubuque, Iowa. R&B Brakes Sports Cards for the best sports cards, the newest, everything that's coming out. Check out R&B Brakes Sports Cards and tell them Round Guy Radio sent you there. Richardson's Tech Solutions of Richland, Iowa. Farmers Co-op and Vision Ag of Kyoto and all the surrounding areas. And the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa. Soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa. 